Right, we lost some ships. We are back. We're, yeah, Paul Bryce and Viviana. Yeah, and it's us. It's us. You might have thought that our podcast succumbed to COVID because um, of the spikes lately, but no, we have survived. Yeah, we have. We've survived. In fact, none of us have gotten it, surprisingly. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk some more today about the John Gottman research uh, relationship stuff. And uh, so it's going to be amazing. By the so, way, you forgot to mention that we're recording remotely today. So we might talk over each other less, actually. But it might also be a less lively conversation because we're erring on the side of of not talking. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, you forgot it this time. Even though this is definitely our first attempt at recording today. Yes, this is definitely. We've had no technical difficulties. Uh, we only ever do one take. Before. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, but, you know, third time is the charm. So. That's, that's what, yes, that's what third time. First time, people. For us, first time. So, uh, anyways, so Bryce is going to give us a little recap of oh, yeah. okay. some of the stuff we went over last That's time. right. So, we're on part four of this very fruitful um, discussion of John Gottman's video that's in the episode description. Um, but uh, it was, it was, a presentation of uh, the research findings on uh, marriage, what predicts divorce, what uh, helps keep marriage alive. Um, first two episodes, we talked about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, which are criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Uh, last week, or excuse me, last episode, we talked about the three aspects of friendship, um, which actually help to keep marriage healthy. Uh, those those three aspects were um, building a love map, uh, communicating fondness and admiration, and responding to each other's bids for connection. Um, this time we're going to talk about conflict and it, how it kind of um, it involves those those other things as well. It involves four horsemen and it involves friendship as well, um, and specifically the friendship because. You know, the, the four horsemen are kind of, um, those are always temptations for us, um, you know, but, but it's the friendship that really helps to, um, to, to mitigate those, but also to mitigate conflict, because the conflict is also inevitable. Um, and, you know, just the reason this stuff is important is, you know, even though, God, what's that? It sounded like a man just jumped into. <laughs> Did you hear that? I think we've been hijacked by the Russians. <laughs> uh <-oh>. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been North Korea. I'm not sure. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the the reason we think this is relevant for our listeners who are most likely single, like like we are, um, you know, but the reason it's relevant is that these are relationship things that yes, they're things that Gottman found in researching marriage, but. Um, I think we all have a temptation to think like, I'm not going to worry about that until later. And so we think like, you know, maybe marriage will make us better people, better at relationships, but it won't like, and so there's no reason not to like address these things now in our lives. Cause they're relevant. They're relevant for all relationships. Um, yeah. And, and the closer the relationship it is, the more relevant it is. Sure. And I mean, what do you want a good marriage and a horrible relationship with everyone else? Come on. people. <laughs> uh, 
but I, I think it's true though that yeah. like these things apply to to every relationship they certainly apply to your closest friendships you know right. me and Bryce were talking earlier about how we get into a conflict every month or two or so and we have to resolve it and we do yeah. resolve it but and this um, stuff has helped yeah it's it's sure. helped me to to handle that better um yeah uh viviana do you have any thoughts uh i would agree the same for me i mean i definitely am learning so much from the gottman research i know it's easier said than done to apply sure. the, the precepts but it definitely is incredibly helpful to think about how the relationships that you have the things that you put into the relationships it's kind of like a a recipe right yeah. If you're adding certain things, you won't, it won't be a recipe for disaster. It will be a recipe for success. And so, <laughs> good one. yeah, you definitely, definitely want to have success. Everyone does. Exactly. But, but I, I, that's a good analogy too. Cause right. Like thing about a recipe is there's no one ingredient that makes it all work, right? There's all these different factors that have to be present together or else it's not going to be as good. Um, yeah. Have you ever tried making cookies without eggs? <laughs> you know, uh paul that's funny that you mentioned that because one time i was when i was i must have been like 14 and i was babysitting my my two younger siblings and then i was also trying to bake a brownie you know a box bar brownie mix at the same time and i forgot to put the eggs and that the house stunk so bad <laughs> see that's an analogy for a bad relationship Hold on, wait. so cookies without <laughs> eggs eggs function for, making brownies or for brownies eggs function for brownies is to prevent them from smelling bad yeah, probably burned or something <laughs> is what talking about. Yeah. either way but your point is taken yeah which is the eggs yeah. are an important ingredient yeah yeah help keep good. yeah uh so conflict right yeah yeah um, okay so so um you know it's interesting the, the way he talked about friendship is that it's something that actually helps to make inevitable conflicts um not not turn out so badly um mm. you know he says that when when a person has an enhanced love map and there's fondness and admiration and um you know in a habit of turning towards each other's bids um then then that produces a state of mind called positive sentiment override uh, i just want to back up as well when, when we talk about uh turning towards bids right there's there's when a person makes a bid for connection like if we ignore it that's like a turning again they're turning away yeah. If it's, um, if we if we say something contrary to what they said, like there's a pretty boat, and they say no, it's not. It's ugly. Yeah, That's or turning against. Or I don't care. You forgot to take out the trash this week. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> they didn't even care about your bid. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the most common male turning towards, which is, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then enthusiastic yeah. turning towards. Wow, how about we retire and go buy a boat like that? There, yeah, exactly. There we go. Yeah. So turning towards is, you know, at the very least, you're acknowledging their bid, right? You're not ignoring them. Anyway. Yeah. You know, and by else, love maps, what exactly do we mean by love maps? Or what exactly does Gottman mean by love Right, maps? right. I mean, it's really like, like under understanding the person, really knowing them, uh, knowing what's important to them, what concerns them, what frightens them, their hopes, their dreams, their preferences. Yeah. Honestly, I think too this love map stuff. It's it is it is like knowing somebody really well, and I, I think it also something that Gottman doesn't really. I don't think he really touches on necessarily. But uh, when you know somebody that well, you also already know some things that tend to 
uh, cause conflict that you can avoid. You know, like I have a brother who I know there are some topics that if I bring up and want to talk about them, it might we might get into an argument and uh, and they're not important things and we don't have to talk about them. You know, it's like politics or something like that. Um, so anyways, that, that's another benefit of just knowing yeah. people really well. You might know some things you can avoid that aren't important. Yeah. And, you know, I also want to say, like, in, in the dating world, like, this stuff is super relevant, too, right? Like, as long as you accept the premise that, like, a good dating relationship involves friendship, which a lot of people don't believe. <laughs> and I guarantee you they don't have relationships, good relationships that last. Um, but, um, you know, for instance, <laughs> not to be negative, but, like, there's a lot of women I've talked to like they're not capable of doing this or, or that they haven't learned, they haven't developed the skills to, to get to know a person to, you know, engage in, in conversation that like helps you get to know each other. And I'm sure, you know, I don't date men, but I'm sure for men, same kind of thing, right? Like they just don't know how to do this. Yeah. I guess that men struggle with a little bit more. I guess so because that we, we tend to have a little bit less emotional intelligence than women. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that necessarily. I think our communication is anyway. Sorry. Okay. Well, I do think that women are a little bit more intuitive and they tend to pick up on social emotional cues a little bit That's quicker true. than men. That's true. But yeah. no, I, don't I know. think Maybe I that think could be one reason why women have I, I, I take it back to emotional I, intelligence. Oh, Bryce is practicing a Gottman thing. That's right. I'm taking it back. I, I said I, I may maybe I agree with Paul that women have more emotional intelligence. Um, I can't remember. There's something I was looking up one time, and it was talking about the different. Ways. Somebody asked me. I was on a date with a girl one time, and she asked me, "Do you think that men are smarter than women?" Because she had dated some guy who said that, and I said, "I do think that men, on average, are smarter than women in some areas, and women are smarter than men in some areas." And, and one of those ways, for example, men tend to have a higher spatial intelligence. It's generally easier for them to like envision things from a bird's eye perspective. But one of the things that I was reading in this study or whatever that I was looking at is that. Yeah, women tend to have more emotional intelligence. But but it depends on how emotional intelligence is defined. And this yeah. is something that sure. I keep saying we'll talk about sometime, and we will sometime. Sometimes we'll <laughs> so, <laughs> the details of, of how emotional intelligence is defined. Because in some ways, with, with emotional intelligence, at least from my perspective, I don't have any data to back it up, but women struggle just as much as men on some aspects of it, I think. Anyway. But yeah, I think your point is that like... But, uh, but women, I think, are more inclined towards empathy uh, empathy, sure. which is one of the aspects of emotional intelligence, as as it's usually defined in the literature. Sure, and uh, and I guess your point there is that like um, it's um, anyways. Your point is that uh, not everybody remembers or knows to like really get to know people really well. Yeah, that's right. In a dating or, setting, or they don't. They haven't learned how to <clears throat> to build a love map. You know, it probably wasn't modeled to them in their own lives. Um, you know, maybe they haven't had many opportunities to practice it. I don't know. Anyway, we're on a let's tangent. Let's <laughs> you know somebody, probably the more, like, the less you know the person that you're in a relationship with, probably the more likely you are to, well, your conflicts might be difficult. Like it says here, friendship makes the conflicts easier, right? Yeah. Um, so the more you know them, the, more, the better you are friends with them. I, I feel like being a friend with a person is basically knowing them well, getting to know them well. Yeah. It helps with conflicts. Yeah. Well, and Gottman would say that's an important aspect of it, but there's also these other ones, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And then the other aspect of friendship, and then we're going to move on. Uh, the other aspect of friendship besides uh, responding to bids and 
love maps is communicating fondness and admiration, which is simply that like, you know, any, that you notice the positive things about them and you let them know, you know, um, you can't just let it stay in your brain. Well, A, you can't not notice it. And B, you can't just let it stay in your brain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You say things like, I really admire that you always agree with me. <laughs> yes. And they say, that's because I suck at managing conflicts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which has often been true of me. That, 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 you know, I've been conflict avoided. Anyway, which, which is not a healthy way to manage a relationship. I really admire it, that whenever I compliment you, you make me cookies. <laughs> yeah. So, thank yeah. You. So, yeah. So anyway, I do want to say something about fondness yeah. and admiration, and it's that. So I have some. I one of my neighbors. They, um, I think they exhibit this really well: fondness and admiration. Uh, his wife. It was. It was like the cutest thing because one time uh, during Sunday school, uh, the husband was saying, "Hey, you know what? My wife, she just has the tendency to look at all the good things." about other people and anytime I say something you know bad about someone uh or it might seem as if I'm judging too quickly she tends to kind of just you know say well maybe we don't know this one aspect or the other and I just thought that was the cutest thing because um not only does she have fondness and admiration for him you know and in overlooking you know things that she may not agree with or whatever um but trying to look for the good in him, but he's also looking at the good in her. And I think that's a great thing. Yeah. And and I think someday when we do some more episodes on um, male and female differences, maybe we'll talk some more about that. Cause I, I think women's brains are predisposed to that kind of thinking, which is, it's very valuable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Good. But I was going to, I was going to just add one more thing that I feel like, uh, fondness and admiration. I feel like it's something that you have to kind of um, cultivate within all of your life. It's a lifestyle cultivate uh, choice that you cultivate that you choose to cultivate. You're because right. You're not just all of a sudden going to have fondness and admiration for your spouse or for the person you're dating if you don't tend to already practice that with the people around you. That exactly. And that's a good, another example, another reason why, you know, these are all relevant, even for single people, right? If we ever want to stop being single, we need to get better at these. We need to develop the habits and really incorporate them into our character, right? Because <laughs> if it's an act, you know, if showing fondness and admiration is just an act and it's not, and it's not sincere, like, right. how long do you think you can fool someone in a relationship before they realize that, oh, you know what, you actually, this is not who you are. You know? Right, you, have, <laughs> you walk in the room and you're like, hey, nice shirt. <laughs> yeah. That's like the best you got. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you were talking earlier, we were talking earlier about uh, Russell M. Nelson, who's the president. Of- oh, in a previous attempt at recording, <laughs> we mentioned that. <laughs> yes, and earlier take. He talks about how um, he's president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He made a, he did a little, uh, I don't know, a little broadcast thing earlier this week about gratitude and um, and having prayers of gratitude. And I've thought about that too, because I've tried to yeah. incorporate gratitude in my prayers. I probably started like a couple of years ago. And I've noticed it really has changed my prayers over time. Yeah. I often give more gratitude than I used to, for sure. Yeah. But this kind of thing, it's true. Like it's kind of, it feels to me like the kind of thing that, I just don't, I don't think about it as much as I need to. 
and uh, so I'm not practicing it as much as I need to, you know, yeah. fondness and admiration. Yeah. Yeah. When was the last time I gave you a compliment, Bryce? Probably a long time. It's um, been at least a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it probably has been a long time. Yeah. I, I think I'm due. Yeah, you are. Uh... <laughs> I think right now you need to give me a compliment with the whole world listening. <laughs> You've got no, I'm just kidding. financial skills. <laughs> well, that's, compliments should be true. <laughs> if you look at my bank account, you would not think that one's true. Anyway. Uh, uh, anyway. So, yeah, so we've talked a lot about friendship, which we only meant to touch on briefly. But yeah, friendship is important, um, it, it, and it's relevant to relation, or excuse me, to conflict, in, in the way that it creates po positive sentiment override, which um, is essentially when we do get in a conflict about something, uh, people who are in, who are in positive sentiment override, it's like it's a buffer against the negativity of conflict. It makes it easier for conflict to be productive it, rather than like a fiasco. Um, I think Paul, when Paul and I get into conflicts, I think this helps a lot for us. It's like, we know each other well. Um, we, we know that there's underlying goodwill towards each other. Um, you know. Um, we probably also both, yeah. our personalities are probably naturally inclined to dislike disharmony. That's that's and too as well. That's definitely the case that's with true. me. And so me, me too. It's hard for me to focus on other things if I've just had an argument. With yeah, somebody. that's true. So I like, kind of want to get closer. But but for sure, like if it's if it's you know if I'm if I don't like someone as well, yeah, <laughs> I'm just I'm just not yeah. as prepared to like handle um, a conflict positively. Sure. You know, I, I'm less likely to view them as as an actual friend and an ally and more like an enemy um yeah um yeah so um anyway gottman goes on to say that you know conflict is inevitable and everyone messes up at them um i forget i meant yeah we mentioned this take like conflict is a part of life you know it's a part of all relationships yeah, there's no relationship that doesn't have conflict so if you're dating someone and you're like oh we have conflict this isn't this isn't the right one it's like well, maybe or maybe not, but that is the wrong metric. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Gavin talked about this that like if you you're gonna have some, you're, you're, there's gonna be some type of conflict in every single relationship. Yeah. To some extent, we're deciding what conflicts we're okay with because when, when you get dates and when you get to know them, you you kind of will have a, a better idea of like what are the ongoing conflicts that are going to be there yeah. to some extent. Um, but if you picked another person, you're just gonna have a different set of conflicts. Exactly. There's gonna be exactly. different conflicts. You're exactly. still gonna have them. So, yeah. 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 Um, okay. Good, good point. Good points. Um, okay. So Gottman says that, you know, in, in conflicts, masters are capable of repairing, um, but masters can have a sense of humor during the conflict. Um, and that friendship, again, is what helps to regulate that conflict. And they also found that friendship, um, you know, good friendship helps increase the sex, the passion, the romance. Um, uh, in the relationship. So again, friendship is not irrelevant to to our close relationships, to our romantic relationships. Um, okay, so when it comes to conflict, uh, he found that 69% of conflicts are never solved when they check back a few years later, or even, you know, or even more than a few years. Um, uh, yeah, that in, in some sense, you're choosing a partner is like choosing a set of conflicts that you're willing to to tolerate. <laughs> yeah, he had a funny quote in here, and, and there was a video that we were watching. And his quote was actually, 
um, marriages to some extent marriages last to the extent that you pick someone whose irritating qualities you can stand. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, I mean, I think in our religion, we believe that you, you relationships can last, can endure into the eternities. You can, they'll get perfected over time. Right. But yeah. it is true. Like to some extent, I kind of feel like what we're picking now is like what the things are that we think we can't wait for. Yeah. Kind of correspondingly. Yeah. What things are we okay with that are going to bother us about that person? Because there are going to be things that are going to bother yeah. us about everybody. Yeah. Well, if not, if they don't bother us, hopefully they don't bother us per se, but we recognize they're not, they're not desirable. Sure. They're, they're differences. <laughs> they're they're uh, undesirable, but we can accept them. They're potential points of conflict. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So we also talked about gridlock in a relationship, which is when, um, you know, there's no compromise on some issue. It's a traffic jam. Neither person is budging. And it either, you know, leads to to war or cold war, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Gridlock. <laughs> I, yeah. I feel like that's the that's like the um a good one one line description of 2020 presidential. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, what an awful thing. An awful thing. Yeah, yeah if anyways. you want if you want to see I mean conflict in politics is different yeah well in some ways it's very similar for sure people people have in their souls the capacity to disagree better than than they have <laughs> um yeah yeah i'll just leave it at that sure. um um okay but anyway when it comes oh go ahead uh i just want to add um when it comes to this thing kind called conflicts right one of the things that he says is is as long as the dreams so he basically says that a conflict is essentially like a dream yeah and well, it's rooted like, it's rooted in our dreams there's a dream within the palm within the grit within the knuckle right well yeah because he he you know says it's kind of like two fists that are butted up against each other right right um, so as long as that dream stays hidden, he says, people in conflict never get to explore the true meaning of their differences, and they also miss a chance for profound emotional connection. Yeah. And so he talks about how this there's there's this dream, and uh, within this conflict that is incredibly important to explore. He also talked about this idea of using metaphors to describe uh, certain situations uh, that you're experiencing in conflict with uh for for example they he gives this example of a couple who uh they were getting out of the military uh because the husband was uh uh discharged from the army and they were moving across the state and they were going to have new careers and um there was a lot of conflict within the couple because the husband wanted to sell the house uh because he felt like they you know they had some debt we need to get out of some debt and you know so we need to sell the house and they even sold her car and she felt a lot of resentment towards her husband because uh he uh the, selling the house and selling the car and moving back into a trailer symbolized something different for each of them for one of the girls for the for the girl it symbolized that you know what this trailer reminds me it symbolizes me going back to where i came from it, it symbolizes me kind of regressing because i grew up in a trailer home and for him it meant hey i'm saving money and so 
they had different examples of how, you know, these were dreams within the gridlock, you know, for him, it was saving money for her. It was, Hey, I, I worked really hard for that house and really hard for that car. And, and we've had to sell them. And it's kind of like a dream that has kind of been deferred. Yeah. And so there's some sort of symbolic meaning. And so he kind of talks about this idea of using metaphors to really dig deep into what is that, what is that conflict or why is that it, why is it so meaningful for you? That's right. Because the thing about, I mean, there's, there's kind of like different kinds of conflicts. Some, the, the solvable ones tend to be very like situational and not rooted in deeper things, you know, or not as rooted in different, in deeper things. Um, uh, but but yeah, the things that tend tend more towards the gridlock uh, are usually related to our deeper sense of self. There, there's a subtext underneath it, like like you described there. Um, in, and you know, he he said in the video that like the reason these are so prone to gridlock is that you can't neither person can give them up. You could no sooner give these up than than to give away to to lend your bones to someone. He says, you know. Um, you can't do it if you if you give away your bones you'll collapse in it you know, i don't even want to picture that <laughs> but we need our bones to live they're an essential part of ourselves and and so it is that there's a symbolic meaning uh behind the more the, the harder to solve conflicts usually and and that's what we see in politics as well actually except people are very bad about <laughs> no no except that it's true in politics as well it's it's our ideals you know and our, our dreams for the for a just and harmonious society, you know, that causes us to come into these conflicts that end up often being very acrimonious. There was this, uh, there's a story in Seven Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Fixed People, where uh, Stephen R. Covey was wanting to get a new, they were going to get a new washer or something, and he wanted mm-hmm. to get a certain brand. And his wife really wanted to get some other brand. And like, they ended up kind of arguing about it. And then at some point, um, he realized she was like really uh, it was an emotionally kind of intense thing for her and then he was able to kind of get to the bottom of it and where she said okay look it's because my dad worked for this company for a while and they were really good to him in a hard financial time and she just wanted to she just really was grateful for that company for that and want to get that and so it was like something there was something it's interesting there was something buried beneath it all that yeah. initially she didn't want to talk about or she didn't bring it up yeah and uh that's kind of what's going on with a lot of these things is there's something yeah. underneath there, whether or not you want to talk about it or whether or not you're just not thinking about it. Uh, you know, maybe it's not at the surface, but it's buried there or something. I don't yeah. know. So, you know. And one thing that's interesting, I, I noticed in the video, uh, he talks about how these findings actually flew in the face of conventional wisdom about, about relationships. He said it, and I don't, I think, I don't know. I think there's more of a mix if you went to the bookstore for looking for a book about if you went to the bookstore to, to, to look for a book to then buy on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, you know, the, anyway, the conventional wisdom used to be that like, no, these unsolvable conflicts are because of a personality defect in your partner. They're narcissistic, they're borderline, they're hysterical, they're self-centered, whatever. And, and you know, his findings said, no, actually, like, I mean, maybe that's true in some cases, not in as many cases as you think, um, you know, that it's actually being able to address the subtext, the symbolic 
meaning of the conflicts. And, and, and the way that we address that is first and foremost, we, the, the relationship needs to be safe for people to, instead of having their fists gridlocked against each other, to turn them open and let the dove fly out, right? Um, and, uh, and again, that's friendship relates to that. You know, if there's goodwill and, and the person knows and cares about you and, and has shown a pattern of, of you know, caring about uh, the relationship with you, those things, you know, promote that, that sort of dove letting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to the soccer ball analogy that we were talking about yeah. in earlier episodes, like where when there's a problem, masters tend to treat the problem like a soccer ball and they kick it around, they, there's dialogue about it. Right. They talk back and forth about it. It's open discussion. And, you know, at least they're talking about the problem. Even for the problems that are non-resolvable, uh, uh, talking about them, you know, um, trying to kind of figure out the, the meets and bounds kind of thing and, um, is helpful. So, yeah. Yeah, but better if you can find the dream down there buried beneath yeah. stuff or whatever it is that's really important to that person that yeah. makes these some of these what that makes them uh kind of uh not as capable or willing to budge on some things right. you know right yeah he, he proposes that we try to become a dream catcher and to make the relationship safe and then to ask questions of the other person to find out what the history of the dreams are the life story the narrative behind their dream and hopefully they respond you know and try to figure out the narrative behind your dream as well. Uh, and then that both people try to find a way to honor both dreams. Um, yeah. Can I talk about honoring both people's dreams? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he says that there's some things that you could do. Um, you could ask questions such as what's the story behind this or that. Um, you could offer empathy and it could be simply helpful simply to say i may not agree with you on this but i can understand why this seems important to you or knowing you as i do i can i can see why this feels this way he says you can offer emotional support and validation by saying i'm i'm proud of you for feeling so strongly about this matter or i may not be able to be with you uh do this with you but i'm behind you 100 he says he could uh participate in the other person's dream on a limited level, such as reading about the issue, helping to make plans or offering advice, or you could actually join the dream on a trial basis, or you could actually just uh, in, uh, join the dream entirely and make it part of your own vision. Yeah. I know that this all sounds like easier said than done, right? But yeah. I guess what he was trying to communicate is that there's always options. You don't have to 100% delve in and accept, but you could, you might be able to join that dream on a trial basis. I like that one where it's like, yeah. okay, well, I could try this for, you know, a limited amount of time and then we'll see how that works. And then we yeah. can talk about this you or know, whatever. And I like that you said that because, you know, I think again, from like a spiritual perspective, you know, we believe in an adversary that wants to destroy all good things. And he certainly wants to destroy marriages, good ones. Or, or to turn good ones into bad ones. Um, and it's it's easy to believe the lies that like, hey, I'm in a situation that has no solution except the nuclear option, right? Divorce mm -hmm. or murder. <laughs> Hopefully not murder. <laughs> um, uh, but, but they're lies. They're not true. Like we have options. We, we don't, we, it would be honest to say, I don't know how to manage this conflict better. Um, 
but a lot of it's tempting to then go to the conclusion to jump to the conclusion like there's no way to make this better and i'm out you know and that's for sure that's something that leads to divorces i mean i i can think of several you know um where where that was a a key element in the decision um well and like you said not not to say there aren't sometimes some totally legitimate reasons to get divorced you know but like if you're if your husband murdered someone and it was sent to prison. <laughs> okay. I'm talking a lot about murder here. I don't know why. Go ahead, Paul. Why does this guy murder on his mind? <laughs> uh, but, well, like you, like you sometimes say. I, I mean, let's, let's be honest. Murder is a real deal breaker. <laughs> it's, as it should be. Go on. Especially if you're the person that got murdered. Yes, that'll um, end a relationship if you've been killed. But um, there's... But like you said, Bryson, earlier take and on and on other episodes that, you know, um, learning how to to live live a good life and get along with people is like part of the, it's a big part of the reason why we're here in mortality, and like there's it's not like and we're all rough stones rolling and sure. any relationship any marriage is gonna have some of the stuff that's going to tend to be able to polish both parties if they approach it in the right way yeah and uh, and tend to be difficult too though and be hard and it's it's hard to become better people and so it's not like and it, it takes effort it takes right? effort yeah and it takes humility like a willing to like do things differently to try to do things differently exactly. go, go on yeah and like so it's not like it like you said there are cases sure where uh the best thing to do is to cut off a relationship but in a lot of cases that's not the best thing to do the best thing to do is to figure out how to work things out, you know, if you're both willing to do that um, and try to move forward, you know? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, should we cut it, cut it off here? We could. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I guess, do it. Sure. So uh, next time we'll be talking about some other. Well, we'll talk more about this. Yeah. More yeah, about conflict. Sure. Uh, okay. So any final thoughts? Should we do the, the final wrap up? Oh, uh, there we go. So Viviana, Viviana, you have any final thoughts? Um, yeah, I just think it, uh, for me in my personal life, I need to practice opening that palm of the gridlock. Yeah, you do. You're always fighting with people. Yeah, I, I'm always fighting with you. No, I mean, I don't always have conflict, but sometimes I do. Uh, but it might be interesting to, you know, try to understand the dream within the conflict would be the dream within the uh, gridlock. Yeah. That for me would be, I need to practice this in my life. Um, I know I'm not perfect at it. Do you mean practice? I'm vowing now to make some improvements. <laughs> do you mean practice, create, like practice drawing it out from the other person? Yeah, trying, okay. I need to practice being a dream finder, like understanding why is this the dream? I'm noticing that we're having conflict, you know, yeah. why is this the dream that you have? Yeah. Uh, which also takes faith and humility, right? Like, absolutely. Yeah, and I'll say for my final wrap up thought is that, like, one of the things I think about is I need to be better about opening up with what are the underlying things that I really care about that I yeah. sometimes don't want to talk about. Because sometimes it's true, like, like that example with the uh, seven habits, like, for some reason, it's within a clenched fist. It's something we really protect. These are things that yeah are, we sometimes don't want to bring That's out right. in the light initially right. and so it takes some practice and to, to to be willing to like say like okay well look here's the there it certainly takes more vulnerability uh to come out and say like 
this is the thing that I really care about underneath all yeah. this. And, and, and again, relating yeah. to friendship, you're, you're less likely to even feel safe to reveal it if the person hasn't given you evidence that they are going to receive it well. Yeah. Or that they're not going to go share it with, post it on Facebook. <laughs> Paul's big dream is... All right, Paul, it. I told you I'd stop doing that. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> Just kidding. I've never done that. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Brett? Uh, I've already, talked, I've already okay. talked too much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for joining us, everybody. Yeah. And uh, we will see you next time. Oh, yeah. Goodbye.